Welcome to She Pack Unleashed. I'm one of your hosts, Tanya. I'm Nicole. Welcome to your weekly dose of candid discussion in the pursuit of finding your tribe in this journey of womanhood, motherhood, and sisterhood. I'm Ashley. Join us as we leave no stone unturned. In each episode, we have heart-to-heart conversations that aim to challenge and empower one another. I'm Jenny. No more waiting. She Pack Unleashed begins now. Welcome to the She Pack's official first Valentine's episode, you guys. We are going to talk about long-term romantic relationships. I love your Valentine's sweater, by I the way. I mean, I had to go all out today. It's very valentine It's so cozy, too. And mine is Valentine's with Taylor Swift, because let me be she real. She might be the love She's of your the life. She's love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we all have very Valentine's festive, socks. snoopy yeah. Valentine's socks. <laughs> yeah. Love them. Valentine's socks. And interesting enough, we have all been in long-term relationships for 10-plus years with the same partner. Yeah. All married more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all married more than 10 years. Do we want to go around real quick and just say sure. how long we've been married together? Oh, yes. All right. Ashley? So we've been together 16 years, married 12. Jenny? I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to edit this out. I was not ready for math. I was going to say we met in this year, but now oh, I have to subtract. Well, no, no. Hold on. Hold oh, it's definitely staying in. Oh, brain fire. Somebody else talk because I'm still doing math. Okay. Okay. So we've all been together 16 years. We already decided this. Because we met in 2007. I might have been a little later. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Pause and then I'll talk. Okay. So Beto and I have known each other 15 years and we were married in 2012. So a little over 10 years married. We're really close. We've been together 16 years also. We were like 20 when we met and have been married since 2013. So 10 years. And you all met your husbands the year I married mine. So (laughs) we've been married for 16 years and we've been together for like 20, 21. So half of my life I have known this man. So sweet. So you are our resident expert. (laughs) What do you think is the most important thing in your relationship? Oh, that's a big question. I think communication is huge, right? Like, obviously, no matter what the the hurdle is or the thing that you might be doing that is working well, like, communication is so critical for that to Well, work. I think it's important to also note that, like, you guys met. How old were you? I was 20. 20, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was still, yeah, I was in college. Like, communication, did you even know how to communicate at 20? We, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I still remember... Yeah. So it was the only long distance relationship I had ever really done. And honestly, he, our relationship was the first that lasted more than six months oh, ever wow. for me. I never dated anyone longer than six months before I met him. And we went, we met and then we hung out the next night with a bunch of friends. And then they came to, he and some friends came to our Halloween party down at ECU and I hoped he was going to ask for my number that night, and he did not. Oh, Landon. And then he recognized the error of his ways and asked me out on a date later that week. And we went on a date, and that was it for us. So, like, it happened kind of quick. And we were together for three years, I guess, before we got engaged and then married before four years. That's so interesting. So my husband and I met actually in college also, but we were both with other people Mm -hmm. when we Mm -hmm. met. And we met on a trip, like a, a college trip in the Dominican Republic. And then 
spicy spicy yeah and then then that is just that's where it went (laughs) (laughs) and it never changed it's funny Beto and I met salsa dancing he was my teacher and I was pretty sure he was going to be my gay best friend I was wrong I mean that's a total like smutty teacher student book right there <laughs> very much so nicole's very deep in her smut i know books i'm like right deep in smut books for valentine's so we'll, like we'll talk about keeping the intimacy alive and yeah, yeah, yeah. i think we should that is definitely a part of it and you guys were 17 your baby well no bob was 19 because oh, okay. he's a bit older than me and yeah just young but it was our freshman year of college when we met it, interesting you guys are all have older husbands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure and my husband and I are the exact same age. Jenny, our husbands have the same age. We have six, six years. Six years. Between mm-hmm. us, yeah. Yeah, older is a must for me. Steve and I are the exact... Well, I'm older, actually, technically. Ever so slightly. But <laughs> but it mattered when we turned 21. Mm-hmm. And I was older and I would not buy him beer. <laughs> because he wasn't old enough to drink at the time. What a rule follower. I mean, it wasn't that. It was more like... It just, was a control. It yeah, was like busting just, his balls. Yeah, it was me just being a bitch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Little did he know then the life you would have I now. was, no, I was literally, he, t- he tells us all the time, every time he's like something like, oh my God, Nicole or whatever. I was like, there was no me pretending to be anything other than what I was or who I was when we met. Like there was no like, oh, cute face where I'm like, I put my towel up or I do the thing. Like it was straight, like who I am, what I am. And we moved in together like six months after we started dating. Wow. Less than that, I think actually moved in together. And it was just from there on, right? Like. So he knew what he was getting his ass into. Like, there was no surprise <laughs> about good. who I am, what I was. And I think the defining moment of that is when we talk about communication is that, like, I don't like to be told what to do, clearly. And when we first... Let's be real. I don't think any of us enjoy being told what to do. Except for some context. <laughs> well, well there, there's a later. time and a place. <laughs> and I feel like I take it as a challenge. Yeah. Like more than anything. Like, so when we first met, he was like, there's communication and then there's, there's having no autonomy. Those yeah. are different things. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so when we first met, he made a comment like, I only date blonde hair, long hair, blonde hair girls. And I was like, bet. I cut all my hair off and dyed it bright red. <laughs> like a week later. Do you still love me now? I was like, you still want to be with me? Hmm? <laughs> He's like, fucking girl. <laughs> So we're still together, but, you know, wasn't it was very clear on who I was to start with. I love that. Yeah, no, it was my first long distance relationship, really. When we started dating, I was still in my junior year of college. And so we were long distance for a year and a half. Long distance, relatively speaking, we were, there was like an hour and a half between us, right? So he would drive down on the weekends when he could. I would drive up on the weekends. I would occasionally try to beg him to come down in the middle of the week for that big romantic gesture, which he definitely did. Oh, I thought you were going to say he didn't too. I was like, oh my God. Oh no, he did for sure. But I still remember we would write like pages of emails to each other sometimes like during that period of time because it was I don't know it's just that like the distance we right love. well it mm-hmm. was before FaceTime yeah like yeah. Right? I mean, literally you were either on the phone or you were emailing do you think that back helped, in my day do you think that helped build like your communication skills early on Maybe, as a couple yeah I, I I think that the things that you communicate about change and evolve certainly as relationships change and evolve and you know you start a family. You have different responsibilities. So there's definitely different pieces of that. And I will say, like, I don't know the last time that we like wrote a letter to each other necessarily. So I guess it's that has changed since then too. There's, there's something to do. Hey, maybe. 
Well, I think it's in- interesting because being open and communicating and I'm one to say whatever's on my mind unfiltered mm-hmm. was one of the top reasons Steve was attracted to me. His family doesn't really talk like openly about things. They're very, mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Like proper about the conversations they talk about. You go and it's it's not really like, you don't just say whatever you're thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have filters. And so I had no filter. Especially when I was 20, I had really like I've gained filter, but this is me filter. Uh, I really had no filter in my 20s. And that was one of the things that like the fact that I openly said what I was thinking or. And he responded positively to that. Right. right. He likes like, that. He like authenticity. That. He so wanted that. That that I think is probably a really big contributing factor then to what makes your communication so strong right that is something that john gottman's talked about responding to bids is a really big indicator of like connection in a relationship so like if i was to say "Ooh, look at that pretty bird and bob was just silent that's like a relationship Mm. killer Mm. but if i say look at the pretty bird and he goes yeah it is nice like it's low effort but that moment of like connecting on that thing yep that is a huge huge indicator of the strength of a relationship so it's so cool that he appreciated that about you and responded positively to it. That's really good. Yeah, as one of the like communication has never been our problem. <laughs> and you have a yearly calendar event, right? Yeah. So along with that, like I am also an Uber planner. So like we we have a yearly date, like January 3rd or something, where we go together and we plan out our whole entire year, every date night, every like vacation we're going on, when my girlfriend nights are, when his like when his nights are that he's doing something so that we have a set schedule for the year of like when we're going to connect together and it's known and it's not this like again there can be some changes and we can be flexible but like there's a general understanding and a communication of like here's when I'm busy here's when I'm available here's when we're going to spend time together here's when we're not going to spend time Mm -hmm. together so that like there's no hurt feelings along that like there's less ambiguity around it right so like you know what you both know what to expect yeah, yeah, I think that's super important. Beto and I have a date night on Monday, and he doesn't know this yet, but this is our ske- this is what we're doing. We're going to bring our calendar. <laughs> we're going to set our schedule. So sexy. So what we'll see if it works. Night. Stay tuned. Yeah, uh, yeah, perfect Valentine's date night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about like the communication styles, right? There are very different communication styles in relationships, and like I have observed, like you and Steve, right? You talk to each other, and like you're so snarky sometimes, right? And like, but it's just how you guys function, and like that's what you are used to, and what works for you, right? Like, there are definitely times where I probably wish that Landon would call me all my shit more, just like just point blank, right? Because sometimes I am being a brat, right? And there are probably sometimes that I should say things more off the cuff. But the flip side of that is we are very intentional about the things we do say to each other, mm-hmm. right? And so we will come to each other and say, like, can we talk about something, you know, when Ryan's asleep? And and I do really appreciate the fact that there is so much thought that goes into what is said. Like, it may take a little longer than some, but. Yeah, your husband is very stoic. <laughs> <laughs> can be. Can, can be. be. Uh, it just I have like probably heard him say a total of like 500 words so in weird. 10 years. It's not, it's not <laughs> who he is. <laughs> but it's interesting because I think the first time Steve called me a bitch in front of you all, I think your face dropped. <laughs> like, I think you were like, did he just did he just call her that? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you were it, laughing. You're like the key and peel sketch. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, we just that's that's just how 
Yeah. Like, and it's not bad. It's just our, well, yeah. And, and to that point, right. I think different relationships are going to thrive in different ways. And there could be some relationships where that totally works. There could be other relationships where that's totally toxic, yeah. right. When it mm-hmm. is not an equal understanding. Right. That is where it gets problematic. No, like if he really ever would have really called me a bitch, I'd be pissed, but like, he's not really. And you would, you would know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, I can yeah. tell the difference. We've been together a long ass time. Yeah. Like there's a difference there. <laughs> But it was really funny when other people, I feel like from outside, lots of people don't see the relationships the same, right? Like, yeah. for instance, you just said your husband's very chatty. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he said 500 words yeah, no. in 10 years. So it's really interesting. So I'm like, what do you mean he's chatty? Like, so funny. I haven't heard him be chatty. <laughs> but it's like this outside perspective versus inside. Nobody mm-hmm. really knows what's no going on. No one ever knows what's going on inside. It's also like private and personal. Well, and not to go too much into like the friend dynamic, because I know we talk about that a lot in in other episodes, but I do think that that outside influences can have an effect on the relationships Mm -hmm. too, right? And like who you understand him to be versus like who I know him to be, you know, can be different just because of the outside factors and like knowing, you know, how important you girls are to me in my life that may impact how he you know, presents himself mm-hmm. to you guys too. And uh, probably the same me for, you know, around his friends. I wonder how many things he's wondering about if you told us. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. No. If, if any of them wonder at this point, like they're just willfully ignorant. No. Like, they like, just know. listen to the podcast. Yeah, They'll know how true. we talk. That's there is true. things that's interesting. My husband will specifically say, because my family's also very like chatty mm-hmm. and things. My husband will specifically say, this is not meant for anybody but you. The keys learn to communicate that like, I don't want you necessarily sharing this thing I'm telling you right now with your girlfriends, with your sister, with your mother, like anybody. Do you have like a code word for that? No, he will literally just be like, don't fucking tell anybody. Straight up. That's that's (laughs) awesome. I think that's that's great. Just that like that trust and knowing that he can say that and being that like honest with each other is so important. Yeah. And it's not many things, but when it is, I know it's a like boundary line that yeah. i will not cross Fault but stuff. but it's like we've had to we've had to establish those because over the years there has been hiccups things i've said and then somebody repeats it in a group setting and he looks at me like mm-hmm. what did they just say do they mm-hmm. know what you just yeah so we've had similar hiccups except it's not something that I tell Beto and he tells others it's something he hasn't told me yet. And then I find out from other people. Oh no. So definitely we need to have you know better communication sometimes. But it's hard. We're like ships passing in the night. We don't get a lot of like downtime together unless we're really like purposeful about it. So interesting, ships passing in the night because you guys have different schedules. You work a lot in the day. I work day, he works nights. Night. So yeah. how do you keep the like romance alive with Oof. that? I mean, I think by romance you mean just like genuinely caring about each other and for me i mean it's it's those small gestures like beto i I can't i know we just talked last week about the love languages but he is definitely an acts of service guy so i'll be sleeping when he comes home but like the kitchen will magically be clean Mm -hmm. or he'll set out something for me in the morning or we we have a rubik's cube he's really into solving rubik's cubes i don't know if you guys (laughs) i love that (laughs) it was like a new year's resolution a year or two ago he's like i i can't do this i want to do this and now he does and we have one that sits on like a, the little shelf in our bathroom and I'll like mess it up and I leave it messed up for him. And he's like, I love when you do that because when I come home, I know you were thinking of me and then I solve it. So when I wake up in the morning, he's still sleeping. It's like all mess. It's all Aww. clean and I mess it up again. Just such a simple, free, silly thing, but just 
I think there's like touch points like that. So what's that like service of like the thinking about you Mm -hmm. part, right? Like when you're talking about the love languages, the like. So funny. One of the most romantic things I think Landon does for me, in my opinion, like if he ever goes out of town, right, for a boys weekend or maybe to go back and see his family and for whatever reason I don't go, he will like go to the store and get all my favorite things and then he'll present them he'll like lay them out on the island in our kitchen and like in this like shrine of all my favorite it's like the sweetest thing ever and it means so much more to me than some flowers or a necklace or whatever because like he knows all my favorite things first of all yep and he took the time to go to the store before he's leaving town which usually i'm running around like a crazy person before i leave town like shopping or something you know and it it's it's so romantic in the most like We've been together for 21 years, right? Like, I love that so much. It's so thoughtful. I would die. Yep. I'm going to have to help Beto about that. That would Again, mean so we'll much get Landon. We'll get Landon on the podcast. Yeah. He can talk about However, thoughtful gift giving. Beto will do all of the laundry, fold all of it, yeah. do all the, like, he's definitely, he'll, like, fill my gas tank, clean my car. Like, he's he's doing things. Yeah. For sure. Oh, um, yeah. Taking my car to, to my, to my yeah. car to get cleaned. Well, and it's the little things. It's interesting because my love language was not acts of service, but one of the number one things that I think about that came to my mind when you're like, oh, the things your husband does that's super romantic is an act of service that my husband does is that like we have a big shower with two shower heads and we shower together. It's like our time to like talk and chat about like what's gone on for the day. Not that we don't sit next to each other all day and like <laughs> talk all day, but their offices literally share a wall. Yeah, for like our it, listeners. we spend all day together and then. Uh, he takes my t- he puts his own towel inside the hook but he also always brings my towel in too oh, and i really always nice. forget my towel and he always remembers to put my towel on the inside of the shower so that i don't have to like, get out to get it but mm-hmm. it's like the little tiny mm-hmm. thing that like it's not all that tiny like it's it's low effort high impact yeah but it just it's like one of those things it's a consistent thing he does for me knowing yep. i'll never remember to do it myself yeah but then i'll be cold yeah, I like what you said, like high, what was it, low? Low effort, high impact. Low effort, high impact. I think that's really true. And it doesn't have to be like the big gift at Valentine's Day, even though it is almost Valentine's Day. Like, I think it's the little things, at least for me, like there's some surprise, there's something unexpected about it. It's like he was at the grocery store and got me Mexican Coke, like, you know, in the glass bottle, like on a random Tuesday, not necessarily like Valentine's Day. That can be really... Oh, that's interesting because I like the consistent me. things. Like Bob makes me coffee every morning. Oh, I like the every, surprise. Every morning. Like the unexpected. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both are nice, but I, I like having the reliable touch point. Like I know he's going to make me coffee and I don't have to rush to do it. Yeah. It takes him two seconds to stick a pot in and push a button. But like he does that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, I think that speaks to your your receiving receiving gifts, (laughs) love language, because it's about the thoughtful gifts. It's Uh not about extravagant ones, right? Yeah. But it's the it's the little surprises that tell you he was thinking about you. Yeah. And I'm thinking about our favorite things spreadsheet that we have for each other. Like I know I get stressed out sometimes feeling like he always remembers all these things. Like he could go to any restaurant and probably order for me and do great. I think I I could succeed maybe 50-50, but I don't know if I could do it anywhere. So like if anyone else struggles with that, like you could just make a spreadsheet for your partner too, Their right? Like things. there's yeah. absolutely no reason to not just like write it down and then you're ahead of the game. Yep. If I had my way, everyone would take a survey when we first meet. <laughs> Friends, babysitters, neighbors. I want that information on everybody. That's such a good idea because mm-hmm. I do do that with Send babysitters out a too. Survey, like- I haven't sent out the survey, but Cruz knows and I'll be like, okay, it's almost Corinne's birthday. Can you find out like her favorite color, her favorite mm-hmm. candy tonight? Go. Oh. And he'll do it. 
<laughs> oh my god see my kid would be like my mom wants to know what your favorite color and candy is <laughs> no i straight up asked our babysitter when we met Did her you? what's your favorite color and do you have any food allergies because yeah, i like should. to give food yes <laughs> yes so i do think you're right it goes back to the love languages but there are also something in addition to gifts about like trying new things together i feel like when we're in a rut beto and i have a regular date night. it's a double date with another couple and in that like monthly tradition we're always trying like a splatter room or mm-hmm. axe throwing or something and it, it's always really fun and then afterwards you know we have a meal and can talk about it and that can kind of rekindle like excitement like i again maybe it's the day-to-day for me gets a little boring but yeah, if there's the something grind new, is boring you need novelty mm-hmm. that's really helpful it's finding new ways to like get those little butterflies again right like because after 20 years it's understandable that you don't necessarily get giddy ne- about you know, going to dinner, but there are little ways to make it novel and interesting and fun. I see it as play, like adult yeah. playtime, mm-hmm. having like play date. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because like my husband does not like surprises and he does not like new things. So <laughs> for us doing something he's never done before, is not something he's really going to be keen on. But we play like board games together when the kids go to bed, like the kids board games. <laughs> they're like, so fun, though. fun. But like, but we're playing with them and they're frustrating the crap out of me because they're just so like i don't know they're getting sticky hands on uh, whatever the kids board games mm-hmm. when i'm playing with them i'm like oh my god somebody shoot me but then i'm like i want to just play this with you and i like i want the kids to go to bed mm-hmm. and i want to play trouble and knock your ass all the way home every time i love that we play card games a lot mm-hmm. we, we also play, play board stuff. games a lot i usually win and i know he's gonna hear this <laughs> <laughs> i saw him at spoons he can play a mean game spoons yes rummy no, I, I don't on that. know if you guys saw on TikTok. There's this couple that like has plays board games together. Have you ever seen that? The one, the two, oh. and they yeah. rate the best. Yes, and I'm they, not. I mean, I see them eventually when they get to the other social media. But platforms. they like are like who does the dishes tonight? Is whoever won? Yes. Oh. yes, or who like? And they're so cute, and they have like every board game on the. There's face. two they've been mentioning that I'm like I need to go get. Yeah, on the face of the planet, yeah. I want to be like every. I've never seen the same board game. Wow. Like, I want to be like, how do you? They have a whole bookshelf behind them of board games. And what I like about them is they're specific to these are games you can play with two people. So we should link that for our listeners so you guys can go I could share some of our favorites because Landon and I, we we play games probably more nights than not in our house between with our whole family or just my husband and I. And for a little while, we were doing really good with like a weekly date night in the house, right? Where after our son had gone to bed, we would stay and play games. The TV would stay off. The phones would stay off for the most part, right? And we would just play games together. And so we really honed in on two-player games. And it was really it was really nice. And life got kind of crazy. But I'd like to get back to that. The other thing I was wanting to try is now I have like over 100 saved recipes from TikTok. And I told him, I was like, every week we should try like a new TikTok recipe, you know, and like test it out and see if it's any good. And it can be like our little appetizer that we eat while we're playing games. So. I love that. Cooking together is so sexy. Mm-hmm. I, I like I it. Love I it. hate cooking. I hate cooking full stop. Same. Same. But what if you're like, no. Okay. But there's <laughs> children. No, this is after the kids. No, no, no. Like after the kids are in bed. So why would we cook again? Right. You do. Like, oh, I already cooked. Okay, okay, I got an answer for this. Right, we we don't eat dinner with the kids every night. Sometimes we just feed them, and then we do our mm. own thing after they go to bed, which would be something like what a time fancy do your kids snack. Go to bed. We start bedtime at like seven seven thirty. I feel like that is a very like Persian thing. Also, you guys eat so late, right? Dinner. 
yeah, maybe. Or Why just, you, you know, like five not a good 30. relationship with food. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel like you've always eaten dinner late. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's always been a late dinner thing for me. And I grew up that way, too. Yeah. But, interesting. But yeah. Like, we're a five o'clock dinner family. We're six o'clock dinner family. I also don't eat breakfast. So, like, dinner-ish is like my lunch, kind of. And lunch is my breakfast. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I only eat two meals a day. Let's be real. Like I, one of them doesn't make it either breakfast or lunch. Yeah. It's a one or another situation. No, the late night stuff is more like snacks, appetizer-y yeah, kind of yeah. that we can eat while we're playing. Yeah. Just yes. to make it, to elevate the experience when a little I have bit a, more, right? You're not going out and spending a boatload of money. You don't have to get a babysitter, but it's a little something different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But I do feel like you and Landon go out and do fun adventures together too. We do. We do. Yeah. So my parents live in the area. And have always been super involved with our son in terms of providing us with, you know, childcare so that we can go out. And it was a very intentional choice on my parents' part. I mean, they obviously wanted to be involved. We were quite removed from our direct family just by distance, right? They used to live in Alabama. My parents moved up here for my dad's work at IBM. And so just, you know, we were 10 hours away from the rest of the family. And so they didn't get that like weekly support of the grandparents close by and that kind of thing. And so they made a very conscious effort to be available to us yeah. as we wanted, as we needed. And, and thankfully, we have cultivated a beautiful relationship with them where it is so helpful and so amazing for him to get the time with my, gran- with my parents. But also time for Landon and I to, you know, have Ryan out of the house. He goes and he does sleepovers at the grandparents' house now on the weekends. We try to do once a weekend. And as he's getting a little bit older, it's getting a little harder with different sports and different birthday parties and all the things. But it's really valuable time. And so Landon and I get the opportunity to go check out different breweries or we go to new restaurants. Like food is definitely a integral part of my life and you know we really enjoy trying new things together and new food i would love to do like even more new experiences like the splatter room right that just opened we do escape rooms right or we'll go and see shows so yeah we try to mix it up a lot in what we go and do you guys have a lot of like similar interests in those things we do. I mean, we do. And and then we also have lots of different interests, too. Yeah. Right. And so, like, we enjoy going to the breweries and we go, enjoy going to restaurants. I mean, shows, I think he enjoys going. I don't know that he would just choose to go and see, like, a Broadway show by himself if that were an option. I would hands down go and do that. Right. But doing it together, we both really enjoy. There's also things that we do separately. Right. Like, that's, you know, the next big thing that we talk about or we want to talk about is the importance of having things that you do different and separate yeah. from your partner yep. can be just as important as the things that you do together. And I think having a good balance in your relationship of those things, right? So like my husband plays hockey once a week, right? And he will go play hockey and then he'll hang out with the guys afterwards. And I'm like, go, cool. I'm going to stay at home and I'm going to read my books and hang out. And that's great. And we enjoy those evenings, right, where we both get to kind of recharge in different ways and, you know, have those separate experiences. Yeah, I think that's super important. Like one of the things is my husband is very introverted and I am extroverted and we don't really have a lot of commonality interests in Mm -hmm. terms of like things we like to do together. Like we have just very different interests. And like I've been in past relationships before where that person wanted to like be with me all the time. Mm -hmm. They smother you. Smother. Like, I already, I'm a stage five clinger child. Like, I can imagine <laughs> that in a relationship. I think I'd like literally fall over. So, like, having 
my like i think i specifically picked like a gamer husband because like they get so enthralled in that and then like i can do my own thing without like like i'm never going to be the gamer wife with him like i have other friends who play video games together husband and wife but like landon and i do yeah yeah but like like a hardcore like raiding games yeah like hardcore online games they play together but like it's always been like his time to go play video games and then I get to go do what I like to do, which is like reading or going out with my friends. And because his hobby is in our house, it really saves us on babysitters. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, jackpot. It does. It's like jackpot. They're like kids are in bed and there are no babysitters needed. I can go like live my life with y'all or go try new restaurants with you guys. Yeah. Before we had kids, we definitely had that because Beto teaches dance. So when he would go to teach a salsa class, I that's when I spent my time at the barn. Like in horseback riding is like a long time you're there at least three hours if you're you know riding and, and with the drive and it was so nice and it was so hard to figure that out again after we had kids because mm. of that but I'm definitely getting better but lots of wonderful babysitters in my life to make it happen yeah i resisted the babysitter stuff for a while hoping that other people would pull through and it didn't work out that way so babysitter stuff helps a lot now and this is something that like uh, I don't know, maybe other couples have struggled through the pandemic too, but Bob and I have really struggled with being together too much because mm. we both work from home through the pandemic, like like Nicole, you and Steve do. Mm-hmm. So we're just together. Even if we're doing separate things, we're like in the same house. And I just, I never have my house to myself. You know, it feels different when you're like alone for a minute. So we're trying to recalibrate that and figure out how do we regain that like physical sense of like self mm-hmm. so we're not always in the house together like doing things like recording with you guys gets me out of the house so it's something to do and mm-hmm. you know he's gonna join a gym in the new year so he'll have something out of the house to do and we're trying to figure that out it's been hard well it's interesting because pre-pandemic my husband's always worked from home right so he had always been at home alone yeah me too and, and bob was in the classroom and, yeah and i was out and now i'm here and he bet he does not like a it. <laughs> huge adjustment for him yeah i used to, to do whatever i wanted all day home alone i felt like, the same way because i'm used to working from home yeah. and then during the pandemic everyone was there and i'm i just the quiet just the peace just the my ability to focus on me and get things done I, I can't explain it, but there's something magical about a quiet, empty house. When yep. I worked in a, like, and I don't like quiet. Uh-huh. Like, I can't sit, like, in my office with no sound. Like, my either my TV's on or, like, there's background noise, there's music or there's something happening. And, you know, I had coworkers. And so he became my only coworker. And he, <laughs> I was like, hey, what you doing? Oh, so you're the, right? <laughs> you're the one that pops up over the I, wall like, of the cubicle. <laughs> Does he ever close the doors or like put out like a red light sign? Like, the, do not disturb. Oh, I have a stoplight on my office. I do too. No, the doors are closed all the time. I literally open them just for funsies sometimes. I walk by and just open the Nicole door. Marie. And he gets so annoyed. He's like, you're letting all the heat out. Because he also has like a heater in his office. <laughs> like, he's hotboxing himself. Yeah, he's hotboxing himself in his office. <laughs> but it's glass. You can just see him. Oh, I know. But I like to open it just to annoy him. You could just That's put adorable. a window between your two offices. He was really annoyed that there were clear glass windows on our office. He wanted solid doors and i told him hard stop no on the solid doors mm. like i need to be able to see what's going on in there why do you need solid i'm doors? team steve on this one i think there's a real need for space in relationships and maintaining your own time and personal interest and i think that helps like that way when you do come back together with your person you're like i don't know the spark is alive esther perel supports that a lot in like her her research i'm and not her familiar teachings. with her she's a therapist and she does podcasts what's her podcast called 
Where do we begin? Yeah, we'll link that one. And her book, Mating in Captivity, talks a lot about intimacy and how you're doing all this like domestic stuff together and you're just together all the time. And when you don't have that separateness, there's no mystery and you need mystery for Mm. intimacy. It can be easy to fall into that like roommate role. Yes. Sometimes. This is why I don't pee in front of people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's super interesting. We also do not pee in front of each other. Oh, I do. Yeah, Um, need a little mystery. No. Well, this is interesting because Steve and I also run businesses together, right? So we work together. We're very tangled, yes. We work together. We live together. This is why our nights tend to be separate Mm. in in our own hobbies because we spend all day together. You know, I never thought about it like that, but in like a zooming out kind of way, it it's suddenly like so much more clear to me why yeah. that works so well for you guys having your separate nights. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I, we are offices, you can't see this, but our offices are right next to each other and we work together and I'm like yelling at him all day or he's like yelling at me all day about yep. like through the walls, like things to do or did you do that or did we answer this? Yep. So like Same. we spend all day together and then we need to have the nights as like separated time, which is probably a little bit different traditionally than like most couples would spend their nights together. Beto has been listening to Akatar because mm. I told him that it was important to me. I got him one with the audiobook, two with the spice, and three because I was like, this is for sure going to be a TV show. It's going to be better than Game of Thrones. You want to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> Akatar is not spice. I'm just trying to don't tell him that. It, Beto, it's, it's not it's spice. It's spicy. It's not It's smut. like steam. It's steam. It's not even spice. <laughs> it's steam. Speaking of spice, I think that's another <laughs> important thing to mention when you think about relationship is it's hard to keep that like spark alive i think particularly especially right after you have kids mm. like right after you're in the thick of like baby world yeah like you have all the spice while you're making the babies then you're touched out and then you're done after baby. so maybe it's not just keeping it alive but like bringing it back because i do feel like not just the spark but like relationships in general kind of ebb and flow and having the faith and trust and know like this is going to get better. It's work, but like. It is work and everyone has to put in that work. It's like a conscious choice to prioritize mm-hmm. that stuff. Well, yeah, because it's a whole different world. It's a whole different dynamic after you have kids to figure out intimacy. There there need to be certain windows for the intimacy, right? Like where you won't be interrupted and that you can be focused on each other. And all of those different pieces just look completely different after kiddos. Well, and like intimacy and and females particularly i'm going to generalize here is more of like a headspace mm-hmm. yes. than it is like a physical reaction that maybe men easily have so like how do you get into that headspace when there's kids screaming in the background <laughs> so one thing that we were taught early on in couples therapy because bob and i did years of couples therapy post kids great highly recommend if you are able to access that But we were advised to have this little pillow that we put out on the bed and you could put out any time of day. And that was like a nonverbal like, hey, I'm up for this if you are. So it's kind of passive. Your sex pillow. It was like a bid for intimacy, right? It was a bid for intimacy. Just like any random pillow. No, it wasn't like two pillows that they both had to like have to match the pillow. No, it was specific. A flippy pillow. The side like yay, the side no. No, but that would be a really interesting idea. Makes me think of the like little squid. The, like, oh, the happy yeah. sad. Okay, so, <laughs> so on, on that note, though, like if one of us put the pillow out at some point during the day, the other person could take it off. Mm. And that could be like a silent not you today. You piss me off, you're done. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> or like I have a headache, like a real headache. Yeah, there, there could be things like that, but it was... It was Didn't low ever stakes. Feel like the rejection though that like it's still it's a nonverbal rejection, but it would still be a rejection of the bid. It it kind of was at yeah. times, but we had to work through those rejection feelings in general. Yeah, I suppose everyone should 
be able to handle, right? Yeah. To yeah, and and it that became more of a conversation. Like, okay. what was that about? We also, if we did that, it wasn't a full blown rejection. It was a rain check. That was another concept that we were taught. Mm-hmm. So, if someone makes a bid, the other can say yes later. They define the later, and they're responsible for initiating at that. Wait, time. so is the bid for like that minute? Like, no, it's um, for that for that, that evening. evening. Okay. Yes, yes. But to your point, Nicole, about headspace, like why that was valuable for me is if that pillow was out at like lunchtime because I'm working from home and I can go upstairs and see it, then I can get in the headspace. I've got all day now to anticipate mm-hmm. and like be mentally ready for those things. So that was really helpful to I have. I find that. it really interesting that first of all, there's the option to decline, right? Which I do think Always. is very important. But then that the expectation is the person who declines then is the, is the one to initiate the next time yep. so that it balances out mm-hmm. that it's not a burden. That's the wrong word. Right. But but the it's a vulnerability to yeah, make yeah, the initial. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that was that's been really helpful. We we still do that. I mean, really, even if it's just a, a conversation, not mm, like physical, not a intimate. pillow. Yeah, not a pillow. But even if it's like, you know, like, can we you know, play a card game tonight. Like, I'm really tired tonight and I want to go to bed, but how about I set up a card game for us tomorrow night? Mm-hmm. And it, the conversation is right then and there. So there's no anxiety about mm-hmm. when is it going to happen? Is it going to even happen again? Like that's squashed. Yeah. And we can just carry on. It's been really helpful for us. I think that's such a great idea. And the other thing that like is really important and, and for me is that we go to bed at the same time. Yes. Is that we are physically like in the bed at the same time going to sleep or not together at the same time yes totally agree yeah. and i know not everyone's schedule like allows for that but if it does it, it i think it helps a lot well and then we already mentioned right spicy books yeah so obviously that is a hot topic these days if you are anywhere near tiktok or book talk in particular i suggest you get on book talk i <laughs> highly recommend but it is it's fun right like it's definitely something where i mean i've read a spicy book or two in the past right like it, i'm no stranger to it but there's something to be said about like finding different ways to get you into that headspace if you find yourself struggling, right, to shift from mom mode or to shift from work mode, right? Like if you've had a particularly heavy day, it can be really hard to shake sometimes. And that's one tool that I think is incredibly useful and and underrated in some ways that super fun. Well, I think it goes to the point of like you having some downtime and alone time to do something or to like decompress from mm-hmm. the day in order to then be in a headspace of intimacy or connection that isn't doesn't feel like you're just like job hopping right yeah. <laughs> like, like i don't want to job hop <laughs> well it goes back to that communication piece we started with like just the ability be it verbal or nonverbal, to share what we need and then respond and be able to hear that person and respect it it's, it's a tricky dance but you get you get good at it with work so much work. But I think that's important that people understand that like relationships and long-term relationships specifically, romantic relationships are not, I've always saw this thing, it's like, it's not this whole like head over heels, falling in love, sparks flying. It's a conscious choice Mm -hmm. you make every day to put in the work and effort with that person, whoever you've decided is your person, right? And like, I think that goes into the like part of like gratitude is like also appreciating that that (laughs) other person Mm -hmm. is putting in the work and they're choosing you and they're choosing huge. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of when we were in couples therapy, we had homework and I don't remember all the details, but it was basically related to our schedule and communication. We would have like a meeting. I think it was every Sunday night 
And there'd be some logistical things like who's on base, who's got a sitter, who's going where. But it was also, there was, I think it was three things we had to say essentially like that we were grateful for. Like, thank you for this. I noticed this. I really like this. And then there were two, I don't remember. The two things were basically like things to work on, like we, opportunities. We call those happies and crappies. Happies and crappies. And then the <laughs> the one was looking forward, like this next week coming forward. Feels like a performance like review. One thing. It was. <laughs> yeah, and I was, let me tell you, I was not happy with this homework. Okay. Beto didn't even want to be in therapy in the first place. We were like not thrilled, but we did it because I'm a rule follower. It's like <laughs> exercising a muscle. It was exercising a muscle. And I'll tell you this, at that time, I was not thrilled with him. And I had to pay such close attention to the good things. Mm-hmm. It made me look for the good because I had to, I had to have three. <laughs> like, and so all we, I had no problem finding opportunities or ways to the help crappy. me. That was not a problem <laughs> for me, but it did, it did force me to, to realize the good that was already there that I was missing. Yeah. And you find what you look for. Yeah. And so I, I, do we do that anymore? No, but I think it was incredibly powerful, especially in that point of our relationship where we had a forcing function and like, it's awkward, but it was like a space where there was an expectation to like express what is it we were grateful for and highlight the positive impact that that did for you. And the things that Beto brought up to me, I was shocked by, like I had, I can't remember, but like, I was really shocked that like me making sure the shower is not clogged with my hair was like such a big deal for him, you know? Interesting. Did you find that the more that you did that, the easier it got or did it always stay awkward? No, it got way easier. Yeah. And like it was not time consuming. It was like Mm -hmm. 60 seconds before we were going through the logistical stuff. I think it was more powerful in the like week leading up to it where there was like, this is a thing. So that worked for me. And then for him, I also think it was way more powerful on the reverse. Like he knew I was going to be coming with two pieces of feedback. That was, mm. and it gave me space to be like, oh, I'm, I'm mad about this. Oh, I'm mad about that. That was a bit naggy then too, <laughs> right? But instead of like constantly bringing up like, this is bad and this too different, that too different. I also had to be like, I get to tell him on Sunday. I get to, I can wait till Sunday. And mm-hmm. you can only pick two. And I can only pick two. <laughs> but he was ready to receive it. Yeah. I think that gets into that like it's easy to slide into that roommate space when you're in the thick of like kids and work and household chores and like also appreciating that like there's more to that and like we have to look at the good sides of that too. I will say I think this will also circle back to our discussion about the love languages from last week right where this idea of gratitude, of identifying not only how you want to be loved, but how your partner wants to be loved. This, I think, is a perfect place to reiterate how important that is to know how your partner wants you to show up for them, right? That it's not all about yourself. So I, I'm, I'm a strong advocate for that. Yeah. And, and every relationship is different and you have to work on finding what works best for you and your partner. It definitely is a journey, requires effort, and it might change in different seasons of your life too, even the same partner. Yep. So like for us, I'd like to hear from you guys on what things you use to keep, you know, your relationship spicy or keep um, the communication open, right? Like what tips or tricks do you guys have for us? Because we could always use some additional (laughs) additional items. (laughs) Yes. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. You feel loved and are able to express love in your life, be it a romantic partner or friend. We're certainly grateful that you tuned in to listen to us today. 
And that wraps up this week's episode of She Pack Unleashed. We love you all. We hope you love us too. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on our future adventures. And if you want to stay connected and share your thoughts, you can follow us on social media at She Pack Unleashed on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Those are my only socials. Everywhere. <laughs> Those are the only socials. Thank you for being a part of our pack. This is Ashley, Jenny, Nicole, and Tanya signing off. Stay wild and fierce.